Welcome to Early Homecoming, a podcast for missionaries who have returned home early and for those who care about them. My name is Kristen Reber, and I am the author of Early Homecoming, a resource for early returned missionaries, their church leaders, and family. On this podcast, you will hear stories and gain insights from myself and other missionaries who returned home early, as well as experts, parents, and church leaders. Join us on the path of understanding and healing as we share our stories and insights about the phenomena of returning home early from a mission. Hello and welcome back to the Early Homecoming Podcast. Today I have Janice with me. Janice started her mission to the New Hampshire-Manchester mission in April of 2012 and served for seven and a half months until she went home with depression and anxiety. She stayed home for 16 and a half months and returned to her mission in April of 2014. She finished her mission exactly one month short of three years in March of 2015. She is now a small business owner and slowly working on a book about coming home early. So Janice, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm really actually excited to talk to you because I'm pretty sure you are actually the first missionary I have spoken with who came home early due to a mental health reason and then returned and completed that expected amount of time, which is really cool. And I'm really anxious to just kind of hear your process with all that. So if you don't mind, let's just dive right in and tell me your story. Yeah, so I guess really, I didn't know I had depression and anxiety before my mission. So going out, I was pretty quiet overall, but like not, I don't know, like, I think missions are just hard in general. And so um, it definitely brings out a lot of things that you don't necessarily know about. So I was pretty okay. The first couple transfers, like, you know, just trying to learn it and figure out how to how to be a missionary. And then, well, I guess really, I think it started in my first area. I had a companion who went home early. So I was with her for three transfers. And then like in that three transfers, I had a bunch of other people that I knew that had all gone home early. And so they all just kind of built on each other and just made me kind of bummed. And then, so I got to my second area I had, I was in a trio. Turns out I did not like being in a trio. So that was really hard. And then like my first area, we just, it was booming. It was a really good area. My second area, we had like two people where we were teaching and I feel like one of them dropped us like right after we got there. So it was like a harder area. It was like getting to be winter. So it was just kind of depressing anyway so it all kind of compounded and so I think just a lot of things like that that just all compounded all at once one of my companions in that trio went home and then also at the same time as all this was happening I was having a different medical issue I was dealing with that they were like trying to adjust my dosage of this medication I was on and so that just like heightened all the anxiety Anyway, so just all of that, I basically was like, you know what, I I need to go home. Like, I can't handle it. So. Got really overwhelming, it sounds like. Yeah, it was awful. I, just, I don't remember much of that area, just other than being, it was sad and depressing, and I didn't love it. 
What did it feel like to you to be experiencing depression? Because as you know, there is not much of a stigma anymore, but it's still around. And some people are like, no, you just felt sad or whatever. So yeah. what did depression and anxiety feel like to you? And what did it cause in you? I had a really hard time concentrating on anything or like focusing on anything. And I, yeah, obviously, like I didn't feel super happy. I mean, I had my moments of like, you know, there were moments of happiness and joy in there. But overall, it was, it just, I don't know, it just, I just couldn't function as a normal human being, really. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. And then you didn't know you had depression before your mission. Were there any signs or anything that this might be something you struggle with? Any family members, perhaps, that struggle with depression and anxiety? Um, I have a brother that has anxiety. I don't know. Me and him are very, we're very different. We're very similar in some ways. I'm very different in a lot of other ways, though. So I didn't ever think of, like, having anxiety in the same way. I don't know. I knew that I didn't like driving. I still don't like driving. But... That was pretty much it. Like, I was like, no, no, eventually I'll drive and I'll be fine. But yeah, I do now drive. Just, yeah. Um, at the time, well, I didn't, though. <laughs> that's fair. No, no judgment from me. That's, pl- that's, I actually know plenty of people who were scared to drive. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's fair. Driving is terrifying. So, yeah. Yeah, it is. So, okay. And so I just wanted to ask that because I do know the mission does seem to bring out depression, anxiety, any a number of mental health issues in people. Looking back, can you pinpoint anything that just really brought it on? I know you said you didn't like being in a trio. There are a lot of people around you going home. Was it just the overwhelmingness of the mission plus people leaving and struggling or was it something else? I think it was all of that combined. And then I was on my mission when they announced the age change. And I mm. had my little brother was was in that age that he could have gone early. And I think that kind of affected me. Wow, I'm, I'm crying. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like that was really hard. Why did that affect you so much that he could go? Um. Oh. Um, I think it, so I had another brother that was leaving and I sort of had mentally prepared myself for him to go and for me to not see him for a long time. Wow. I'm so sorry. Um, so, um, but then like when my other brother was also had that potential of leaving, I think just because I hadn't mentally prepared myself that then that was like the kicker. Oh, so then that happened right near the end of me being in my first area. So then when I went to my second area and it, that plus the new area, I think it all, all of it just compounded. And I think that was, that was maybe the kicker. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's the catalyst. Yeah. That's what set, just set it off. If I may ask, why did you choose to serve a mission? Was there anything that like tried to get you to stay? Um, any reason uh dating there was a couple random things with dating that satan tried to make it so that i didn't want to go but like honestly i think i've always had kind of wanted to go like i i remember in primary like singing the army of helaman and 
somebody when I was a little kid, they were like, the Army of Lemon, that's a guy's song. And I was like, rude. Women can serve missions too or something, you know. Like, that was my mindset. Right. So I just, I sort of always knew from that point, like, oh, I want to go on a mission. So. Perfect. Cool. And then did it change that desire when you were struggling so bad? Wait, when I was struggling with? Depression. Um, did you still desire to be on a mission or were you like, I'm done? I've had it. I knew I wasn't done all the way, but I also knew that I didn't want to be there right then. How was the decision made to send you home? So I did a lot of like counseling with my parents, with my mission president at the time, with my companion, just, you know, a lot of counseling, a lot of prayer. And then it basically was was coming up on the end of the transfer. And I knew, like, I knew I wanted to be a good missionary. And I knew that in my head, what I was, what I considered a good missionary, like I wasn't being that. What was a good missionary in your head? Well, just, you know, someone who could teach and talk to people and could go knock on doors. And mentally, I wasn't able to do any of that anymore. And so I think just as it got, I don't know, just as it was more and more compounded that I just, I decided that I needed to go home. My mission president basically was like, you know what, I think you're right. So I think he had prayed about it as well. And it was the end of the transfer, so it just was really good timing to just go. I'm really glad to hear that your mission president spoke to you so kindly yeah. and respected your process. Were there any attempts made to keep you on the mission, or was um, wh- what was yeah, that like? He, so I remember he offered, because so, he had already decided that my, that my companion at the time was going to train someone new. And so that meant that I was going to get transferred anyway. And so he was like, you know what, if you want, we can transfer you closer to the mission home and mission office. And I, I honestly didn't even really consider it. I really just felt like it was time for me to go home. And so, yeah, like I, I think I, like I could have taken him up on that offer, but it just didn't feel right. So, yeah. What did it mean to you to have your mission president respect your decision so thoroughly? Honestly, like, I think from both my mission presidents, like, I just felt overwhelming love from them from the time that I met them until the time I went home. Like, I still just feel so much love for them and from them. So it just, yeah, very just loved. And I just felt like he, he was definitely mine to be my mission president, basically. They both were, so. And then what happened when you came home? So I got home in, it was like November. End of November, it was like right after Thanksgiving. And actually, my brother was going on his mission two days after I got home. Oh, wow. Um, So, and he was like, I actually didn't even get released until the next day after I got home. And so there was like two hours of me being a missionary and him not being a missionary that he was like, I want to play video games with you. You haven't played video games in seven months. And I was like, I don't want to play video games. You're not packed. You're leaving tomorrow. You have to pack. So he still was like, <laughs> didn't ever play video games with me. So I play with him now. It's fine. So anyway, so I think we waited until probably January and we, you know, I, I got a counselor who mostly was frustrating, but I also, he was helpful. So 
I have to give him that. But there were a lot of times when I just was like, wish, I don't know, wish I had shopped around more for different counselors, maybe, I don't know. But really, like, he was helpful, so I had to thank him for that. In what ways was he helpful, and in what ways was he just not helpful? If it's not too personal. Um, if it is, yeah. I don't have to so that. I think, okay, I guess one of the things I should say is that I, I was determined I didn't want to take medication if I didn't have to. And, like, nothing against anyone who takes medication for their depression and anxiety. I just knew that I didn't want to. And so I wanted to try to sort of overcome it without that. And so I think he just kind of, he tended to push me in a lot of ways. In some ways, I was not appreciative of that. <laughs> and in some ways, like, he just was like, here's this thing. And then I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm, you're right. I can't believe I didn't think of this this way or whatever. So in some ways, he just, he was really helpful that he would point out things that should have been obvious. And because my brain wasn't functioning the way that it should have, I couldn't see them. But in other ways, there was one time he told me I was not going to go back to my same mission. And I went home and I bawled and I bawled and bawled. And it was so sad. And I was like, I'm going to show you. I'm going to go back to New Hampshire, Manchester. So anyway, yeah, that was not a good day. But he really was helpful. So yeah, good. (laughs) Mixed with a little bit of not so good. But you know, it's fine. It sounds like you, you managed. You came out of it. Yeah. And then... What was the most helpful thing you did for yourself upon returning home early? And conversely, what was the most unhelpful thing? I actually think one of the things my counselor did was just, he basically told me, like, don't focus on going back out yet. Just go live your life, like, go get a job or go to school or, like, figure out what it is you actually want to do and, like, you know, choose to be happy and live a good, happy life. And so um, I started being a nanny for my friends. My friend had a kid. And so I was nannying for her. And um, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna, I had some friends and they all went dancing. So I got into dancing and I wrote a play. So like I did a whole bunch of things that just were like, I'm gonna go do fun things and not worry about going on a mission right away. And that was probably the most helpful. I'm trying to think if there was anything else that was like not as helpful I don't know nothing specifically comes to mind on that one I like that you decided to just move forward that you know the mission there was still that goal to return but you recognize there's some stuff I gotta work through here and I'm not just gonna sit and pine for that I'm gonna work for it but I'm also going to make sure I'm taking care of me and still finding fulfillment in this stage of my life right now. Yeah. It honestly, that was, that was like the best three years of my life. And even though like I had that depression and anxiety and those like things that I had to work through, I just remember that time just so fondly. I honestly feel like some of my favorite people in the world, like are the friendships that I made in that time. So yeah, it was, it was definitely a good time, even though I was dealing with this other thing. So you were home for 16 months before you returned. Uh huh. Why did that desire to return to your mission stay? I think one of them is that I'm stubborn. And so <laughs> I just, I knew that that's where God wanted me. And so I, 
was just gonna stubbornly just go for it, even though it was, it took way longer than I think most people would have stayed home. Like most people would have just been like, you know what, I'm, why would I go out at this point? But like, just the closer that it got, I don't know, just sometimes, sometimes I didn't want to, and I would argue with God about it. And I'd be like, you know what? It's got to happen soon, and you got to put something in my, you had to put something in my life to make it seem like there is some progress, because right now, I don't feel like I'm making any, and so then he would show me, like, okay, here's this little bit of progress towards going back on my mission, and I'm like, okay, fine, I guess I'm still going. So sometimes I didn't want to, and then God would tell me that I still had to, which was fine, like, I still really did want to, so. It worked out. Perfect. And then was there any sort of process you had to go through in order to return to your mission? I've heard from those who return after physical health reasons or worthiness reasons. And there's a little bit of a process just making sure everything's good. Is it similar for mental health? Yes. So I had to I had to get my counselor to sign off and he had to give his okay. And then I had to go talk to another counselor through the church specifically that they had to also sign off. And so I think there probably were other things, but nothing else that comes to mind. Those are, that was the major thing. Okay. Before we move on to what's it like to return to a mission, um, is there anything else you want to just add about this particular time period of your life, this 16 months? Oh, there was something that came to mind earlier that I was going to say, but I don't remember what it was. So um, oh, I did want to ask, what was it like to see your brother leave after, you know, that that was so hard for you to imagine, and then you actually saw him go? What was that um, like for you? Yeah, so I actually, so it actually is two different brothers, like the one oh. that I had mentally prepared for. So I actually got home, and then two days later, he went on his mission. And so I actually, it was hard because I felt like I should still be on a mission in a way. But at the same time, like, I also, like, I had prayed about it. I knew that that's where I was supposed to be. So it was, like, kind of this tug of war in my brain that was, I shouldn't be here. No, I'm supposed to be here. So then I actually, my other little brother didn't leave until I was out again. And then he went a few months after I was out the second time, which then I had mentally been able to prepare for and all of that jazz. So I actually was, it was a lot better the second time. And then there was a small point when we were all three were serving at the same time. So what was it like to return to your mission? And did the mental health challenges return? I loved being back, but it also, um, it was, even though I went to the same mission, I did go back to New Hampshire. It was, it was a little bit odd in a lot of ways. Because we had, like, it was a different mission president, and, like, the age change had occurred between my coming home and my leaving again. And so that just made a lot of changes. And then I sort of also went back out and didn't really remember how to be a missionary, but then also had grown in a lot of ways in that 16 months that I almost felt like kind of a different person in a lot of ways. And so even if I had tried to apply some of the things I had learned in as, as a missionary and like tried to be a missionary that way, like, I feel like I would have been regressing. And so it was kind of a big learning process, but also still just really good. So 
Yeah, it's kind of like you knew what to expect. It was still hard, but it wasn't so much whiplash this time, I would imagine. Yes, yeah. And, like, I also, I think I dealt with, like, if I was in an area where we weren't necessarily teaching a lot of people, like, I was more able to deal with that. So that was really good. Not to say that I didn't still have depression and anxiety symptoms, because I definitely did, but I was more able to work through them, I guess, in a lot of ways. Yeah, you had some more tools at your disposal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You mentioned in your application and in your bio that you're writing a book about returning home early. Yeah. How is that going for you? Um, Well, it's slow, but it's going forward, (laughs) I guess. Yeah, I every once in a while, like, I don't know, maybe once a month or maybe two or three times a month, I'll just pull out my computer and I'll just be like, this would be really good thing, this principle that I learned and it would be really applicable to when I came home from my mission and it would be helpful for other people to know this if they are coming home early or if they're trying to support a family member that is coming home early. And so I kind of, I want it to be a lot of like my story and how I dealt with a lot of things, but I also want it to be, you know, you're not alone and you can get through this and it's okay to come home early. Is it going to be just for people who come home early for mental health or depression or anxiety, or is it going to be broader or? I don't just curious. know yet. Um, I'm still, okay. I'm still playing around with a lot of things with it. Cause I've also thought about like interviewing my mission president or whoever, or mm-hmm. like, you know, whoever it is that also has come home early or has helped people come home early and just, I can't, like, I want to help a lot of people, but I also don't feel like I have the scope all on my own to do that. So sure. it's, uh, I don't know. I play around with a lot of different ideas for it. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, I hope, I hope it comes out because there are books already, you know, written about it, of course, but it's, it's, always helpful I think to have as many perspectives as possible and you do have a unique perspective with coming home early for mental health depression and then returning again you're the first person I've talked to who was able to do that at least that I can recall I do apologize if I'm forgetting someone but I really don't remember it seemed like everybody always maybe I actually now I'm thinking about it maybe but it wasn't as cut and dry as yours okay um so god I can't remember I'm just gonna say you're my first. Okay. So cool. I'll take credit. <laughs> sure. Yeah, we'll do we'll do that. Anyways, so my next question for you is how do you manage a business with depression and anxiety? Yeah. So some days I don't. Some days I don't want to get out of bed and that's rough. But most of the time I think one of the things that I've learn to do and especially I think I've learned this from my mission is that having goals and working towards them is really helpful even if you fail at them or fail at getting to them at the time you want just set the bar later on and that's fine and so that's I think just one of the things I do but I feel like everything Maybe not everything, but like 90% of the things that make it so that I can run a business is things that I've learned on my mission. And so, yeah. Then how do you keep yourself from thinking like this depression, this anxiety, this is me, like making it part of your identity rather than just something that you deal with? 
Well, I think, I don't know that I've ever struggled with that necessarily. I feel like I have a really supportive family who see me, like, you know, who see all of me. And they're really good at just reminding me. And we're good at reminding each other, I think, of just, like, how loved we all are. And so even though we might be going through hard things, we're very good at uplifting each other and seeing past our trials and our struggles. And I think I also have a good friend group that does that as well. And so I actually don't think that I've ever really struggled with that. That is really cool. What a great blessing in your life to have such uplifting people around you. I'd encourage anyone who is struggling with that to find those uplifting people around you who can buoy you up. Not that they give you the validation, but it's just nice to have that reminder when you're feeling low. But yeah, even like on days when you are feeling low, like go hang out with happy, healthy people. And like, they're not perfect either. And that's okay. But yeah, go hang out with happy, healthy people. Yes, I agree with that. Absolutely. Did you see any miracles or anything during this time in your life? Just things that happened that seemed like they're just for you as you were going through this hard time? Yeah. So a lot of things on my mission the first time. So like I missed my brother and sister-in-law's wedding. And that was like kind of a hard thing for me. But like that same weekend, we ended up we were teaching this couple that had to get married so that the wife could get baptized. So she, like their wedding happened the day after my brother and sister-in-law got married. And so I think just like little things like that, that God just was like, you can't be here for this thing, but it's okay because here you're having this other happy miracle thing. And so just, I don't know, God, I just feel like he took care of me even when things were hard. Is there any final advice you would give to someone else who's going through what you went through? I guess I just would want to say, like, it's okay. You're going to be okay and you're going to be able to get through this. And rely on the people in your life and especially rely on Jesus Christ. And they were put there for a reason. And also, like, Jesus Christ, he knows exactly what you're going through. So definitely rely on him as well. Thank you so much for coming on and for sharing your story and your testimony. And I'm so grateful to have been able to talk to you today. Yeah, thank you for having me. That concludes this interview on Early Homecoming. If you would like to go deeper into the experiences of early returned missionaries, please consider buying my book, Early Homecoming. You can find it in paperbook, ebook, or audiobook formats on Amazon. If you would like to contact me, please come find me on Instagram at author underscore Kristen Reber or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Kristen Reber. That's K-R-I-S-T-E-N-R-E-B-E-R.